Assalamu alaikum. Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Kipix podcast. And today we have a very very special guest. Um, our special guest holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and business management. Not only that, he's also a podcaster, a public speaker, a social personality, and an extrovert. And today he's going to shed some light on his expertise and the various things that we face in our day-to-day lives, whether from stress to uh, support systems and public speaking issues. Hi, Mr. Hussain. Welcome. Hi. Nice to meet you? you. Nice to meet you again. Uh, it's good to be, I think, good to be here again. It's uh, yeah. my second home now, honestly. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate, appreciate, uh, appreciate the uh, first opportunity, of course, the uh, speech. Beautiful, beautiful opportunity, beautiful Thank event. You. Yeah. And thanks for this. So, Mr. Hussain Al-Ajouz, we originally met when we were ha- we were handling the maintenance performance day. Yeah. And he was one of our keynote speakers. Yes, he gave yes. an amazing speech thanks, about adapting thanks. to change. Yeah, that was be- honestly beautiful. Like, I, I think... It's just uh, the people that were listening also, they were very attentive and they just, they cared so much about about the talk, which made me very energetic, I guess, yeah. and just wanted me to give them everything that I have. Uh, and I really look forward to kind of like talking to them more, honestly. I think there's always so much to talk to uh, talk about with yeah. engineers, so yeah. why not? Especially that you were kind of like the break in our day-to-day routine, mm. because um, not only did you give insights, but you reminded us of our core values and the basics and what we need to change, 100%. which was so different. And so nice. The basics. It's the basics that you said. It. It's the thing is, a lot of people tend to live their life in a routineish way that we actually forget the basics. Yeah. So when I when I spoke about don't change to adapt, adapt to change, it's a, yeah. probably the world's simplest ideology or theory or concept. Yeah. But then we actually think about it. It's like, do we actually do it? So you know, communication is very how important. How do we do it though? Too. Yeah. yeah. Like we we always talk about how communication is very important. It was an amazing opportunity and all the information you did provide on mm. the day and uh, people kept using you and could, people kept quoting what you were saying. Yeah, 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 that was, and it was so surprising. Yeah. Surprising for me as well. Yeah, like we didn't know that they needed it as much as we expected them to. Yeah. You know what I mean? As engineers, you keep on working in high stress situations. This break was so, so much needed. It was shocking to me, to be honest. So it, it really was. Yeah. It really was. So, Mr. Hussain, tell us a little bit more about you. Tell yeah. us um, how you came about. What did you do? Of course, of course. Yes. What, what makes me sit on this chair today? Yes. Okay, so it's a uh, everyone. A lot of people want to know that the answer for that question, and I think the beautiful answer is that I actually sometimes don't know, honestly. And the beautiful thing is that there's I didn't have a solid plan where mm. Hassan decided that hey, one day I want to sit, want to be a podcaster. I actually never knew what podcasting meant. I never knew that I would love the stage. I never mm. knew that I would love to be a presenter on TV. Mm. I only knew that I just needed to approach life with an open heart. So what I did is that I literally woke up every day, and if I have an opportunity, I never say no to it. Um, if someone comes to me and he's like, hey, do you want to speak on a stage of 300 people about a topic that you probably don't know much about? Mm. I'm like, why, why would I say no? You know. So when I was back in high school, I was always the same person. So high school, I started, I started meeting people. I was always given opportunities to meet people and I never said no to it. So mm. I started noticing that, hey, listen, I'm growing from a social perspective. So mm. I went to university and at uni, I was like, approached, um, I remember like a business startup in first year, they were like, do you want to be part of our team? I was like, well, I actually don't know anything. Like, I'm, mm. I'm a first year student. They're like, yeah, but just be part. I was like, okay. So I, I, was, okay. I, was, I was part and then obviously, yeah. I start, what we started realizing is I was actually learning more from this little tiny startup than I was from my lectures. Mm. So, and then that moved me and made me more energetic to, to do more. Mm-hmm. So I left the startup. I remember doing, um, I, st- I launched a, um, a society. I wanted mm. to actually um, bring together all Middle Easterns. 
because I didn't have many Arabs in my in my university. It was okay. in Scotland, so yeah. I started a Middle Eastern uh, society yeah. uh, with a group of friends. Of course, you did that in Scotland. In in Scotland, so I mm. actually gathered. I would gather people from all around the Middle East, and mm. I would remember. I would throw some. Um, I can't remember the name of the event. I would celebrate Nowruz for Persians. Oh. I would celebrate events for Lebanese people, Syrians. I would have an open buffet like where people would come and eat hummus. Did you have Kuwaitis in that group? Um, yes, actually. Did you yes, know? yes. Okay. I remember I had two people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of them I'm very good friends with now. Uh, so, so I, I would, do, I would do that. So that initiative um, mm. came my way, and I just embraced it. Third year uni. This is where things got very interesting because I yeah. uh, received an email about giving a presentation about my undergraduate research. Mm. Now the funniest thing is that I actually don't have any undergraduate research. What do you mean? So I so basically this is this is the funny story. This is where it becomes crazy sometimes. Okay. When I was approached with this email, mm. I was like, mm, what do I have to lose? Let me just apply. I, I click the application and they're like, literally a big like notice. You need undergraduate research to be able to speak. For sure. And then I didn't have any, so I was like, let me create some something. Mm. So I was like, what's the last lecture I went to? Mm. And it was about neuromarketing. So it was about how do I mix neuroscience with marketing. So I was like, sounds interesting. I literally, and this is, I know I'm saying this on camera for the first time probably, because mm. I actually plagiarized the whole abstract. So we said, oh my God. <laughs> so what I did, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what actually, this is the backstory. So what actually happened is that yeah. I went to Google. Okay. I was like, neuromarketing. And I copy pasted the first sentence and I went to the next link. I was like, copy pasted the second sentence and I built an abstract. I didn't have ChatGPT back then. Yeah. And then I was <laughs> like, the title was neuromarketing. I was like, what sounds smart? I was like, hmm, why we buy what we buy? Submit. A week later, I'm accepted. And then I, I speak to my the, the, the other people that got accepted. I was like, hey, listen, I actually don't have any research. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I actually don't. They're like, well, make it up. In three weeks, I literally had to research the history. The, I, would, I was yeah. reading books and articles about this topic just to be at the level that can make me equipped to speak. Now, is it the right thing to do? It's probably not. But it was did it, very, very big risk. Very big risk. But you know, mm. you know that quote, like they say, no risk, no story. Like if I didn't take that risk, honestly, I wouldn't have a story yes. to tell. But that talk is what made me come back to Kuwait. And I remember I sat down with my own brother and I was like, listen, I did this talk. And he's like, you have something in you. You can actually get somewhere. And your next challenge is a TED talk. Oh. And that's when I, when I went to uni again and I applied for that TED talk. And um, as, as anyone would expect it, you'd expect me to tell you the beautiful story of how I got accepted and I practiced. Yeah. And the story is that I actually got a big rejection on my email. Oh. Uh, the big rejection was because they simply didn't like my application. Now, a backstory for you to know, if you want to give a TED talk, you need to accept, be accepted through or go through auditions. Mm. The auditions are open to public. Mm -hmm. So let's imagine ourselves right now, mm -hmm. Like the event we had, mm. I would speak on stage. If people like me, they'd vote for me. They'd raise their hand, send their vote. Okay. We want Hassan to speak. Okay. So uh, I got rejected from the auditions. So it was September. I lived my life normally. November mm. and you know December passed by. I came back to Kuwait and went back in January to, to the UK. I was sitting, I remember this very well. I was literally in a cafe having coffee, yeah. working on my research. Mm. And then I got a call. And I was like, hello, how are you? And she was like, the woman was like, listen, I'm on the TEDx team. Uh, and the auditions had eight people. Mm -hmm. She was like, Hassan, listen, uh, your, your name was ninth on the list, uh, but someone got sick today. So do you want to take their place in the auditions? I was like, wait, are you inviting me to audition? They're like, yes. I was like, okay. And uh, I remember I hung up the line. When, yeah. was the, when were you supposed to do the talk? Um, that's the thing. So that, that's why I didn't know. So basically I hung up the line and then I didn't answer then. I swear to God, I remember like I was about to tear up and then I looked at myself 
I was like, if I say no, yeah. I'm going to regret this forever. So I call her I'm up sure. again. I was like, listen, I'm down. When is it? She's like, it's actually tonight. In a oh, few my hours. God. Yeah, yeah, in a few hours. And then I was like, uh, I was like, it's in a few hours. I was like, how can I prepare? Yeah. And that's, then she was like, it is what it is. I was like, okay, challenge accepted. So I take my, I would literally, I close the laptop. I spoke, to, I, I told my friend, I was like, listen, you deal with the research. Mm. I have a, a presentation for I run to the main campus, prepare the presentation, prepare the talk. And I had three hours. And so that from 2 p.m. I started. I prepared the presentation. I rehearsed it. I built the presentation. And then I I remember that the girl that was helping me, she was like, what would you, what do you want to name the talk? And I was like, um, slide to unlock. Because it was all about social media obsession. And okay. before then we had that slide iPhone. Slide to unlock. Yeah, and I was like, slide to unlock. And she was like, all right. And so I went there. That's amazing. We're having lunch. You can't, you can't just make up ideas. I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't know. It's stress. If you want to do things, do it sometimes when you're stressed. Oh, okay. Uh, so basically I went uh, and basically what happened is that I was having, I remember lunch, early lunch, early mm. uh, late lunch at five. Mm. I was having the sandwich with yeah. fries. I ate one fry and then I was like I was shaking. Oh. I was like, listen, I can't do this. I pushed the plate. I was like, listen, take me to the, to the conference room. We go there. I am shaking. Okay. And literally, I sat down, and I remember this woman said something. She, the first speaker, she said, uh, "It's very important to find what makes you you." And then she kept on talking. So I picked a pen and paper, and wrote it down. I was like, "Find what makes you, comma you," and mm-hmm. I, I I kept it. And then I was like, "Listen, I can't stay here." I left for a bit, de-stress, came back. Time to wire me up, okay, mm-hmm. to put my mic on. Yeah. As I'm putting my mic on, and then this uh, conference manager, she looks at me and she leans towards me, and she's like, "Hassan, listen." Everyone here had a month to prepare. Mm. If you don't do well, it's absolutely fine. We'd understand. And I took it as a challenge and it honestly yeah. uh, you know, got on my nerves, I'll be honest. So I look at her, I was like, listen, don't you worry. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's going to be good. So I was still shaking though. The moment I stood up on stage, you know, I didn't say a single word from what, what I rehearsed. Mm. I actually didn't say a single thing from what I practiced. Mm. Everything came from the heart. Mm. And I ended the talk with one sentence. I was like, It's important to find what makes you, you. Oh. That's what that's why I did. So I combined the start of the talk with the end of the talk. Yeah. People voted and they were like, "What? How can you do this? Surprise!" Long story short, uh, that's basically how the experience of public speaking came into my life, yeah. and then it just rolled on. The public speaking TEDx brought me to Kuwait. So. Yeah, I just want to go back to something you said yeah. that really affected me. Even while they're talking, it's all I could think about. Um, going into all experiences with an open heart. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you continue to do that? Because mm. some of some of the experiences are scarring. Some of these experiences are not very helpful. Some of these experiences, the communication, the people that you yeah. deal with are not very easy. Yeah. So they put more pressure on you than yeah. they would benefit you. So why do you keep on having an open heart? And how do you sustain this open heart? Of course, that's a, that's a very good question. I think the best part of the question, how do you sustain? Because that's my challenge. But I think there's a beautiful quote that I love that says, and you can't be something you cannot see, okay? You can't be what you cannot see. And I think Say that again? you cannot be something you cannot see. Yeah. If I can't see something, how would I become that person? So if I can't be, if, for example, anyone watching this episode, or you, anyone, 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 yeah. it's easy for them to say, um, oh, podcasting is not for me. And yeah. why is it, why is it, what's the reason? It's because yeah. they didn't study podcasting. Mm. The fun fact is I didn't study podcasting and you didn't as well, right? N- yeah. No one studies podcasting, but yeah. you, you're doing a podcast because you stepped into it. Yeah. So you're being something you're seeing now because you saw it, you liked it, you're doing it. Most people, I think what they do is that they approach with an opportunity. And exactly as you asked, it's overwhelming. Yeah. There's someone new. I'm having to deal with people, whether it's a podcasting or applying for a new job mm. or climbing up the ladder. 
Mm. Sometimes, imagine imagine me coming to a person and I'm being, listen, I want to promote you. And this happened to me, by the way, where I promoted mm. someone, literally promoted someone, and the person rejected the promotion. Oh. Yeah, they did. Because uh, people people think people are only afraid of failure. I'll shock you with this one. People are also afraid of success. And people are also afraid of actually taking the step up because what do we do when we're, when we're forced to think about things? Like, how do we deal with things when I'm thrown into a room and they ask me to speak because everyone's looking at me, I'm the center of attention. We don't know how to deal with, you know, with these don't. things. But why think about the negative parts? Like, why think of, you know when I did the talk last time in, in, on, on stage here? Yeah. Before I, I come to the talk, I always tell people this advice. I could easily tell myself, Hussain, what, what happens if you go on stage and no one listens? What happens if you go on stage and you see someone leaving because they're not, they're not interested? Yeah. What happens if you, if you stutter, if you stumble on stage, if you fall yeah. off stage? The mic doesn't work. Mm. But I don't think of this. You know what I say? Mm. I think to myself, what happens when you say your message and someone goes home and tells their kids about your message you told them? Like what happens when you really speak so well, so well, the best speech in the history of mankind? I make sure to feed my confidence. I think of the positive things about You feed about your confidence. Side. Of course I do. That's amazing. Of course I do. But as long as you stay humble about it. For sure. Feed your confidence when you're on stage so you can yeah. give your best. And whenever you're meeting people, be that confident person. Yeah. But don't mistake confidence for arrogance. Mm. Always stay down to earth. I think that's the key. That's my dad. He feeds me this information every single day. He looks at me. He's like, Hassan, listen, you're doing a great job and things. Mm. Stay humble. I'm like, okay. He sounds like an awesome person. He is. He's my inspiration. Yeah. But then again, it's because of him that I, insp- that I approach life with an open mind. Yeah. So I also want to ask about another thing that you yeah. mentioned. So from my understanding and from all that you've shared and yeah. from my experience with you with the maintenance performance yeah. day, you're always able to perform very well under stress. Yeah. And is that also your key to feel your, basically to improve yourself internally? But what is the key to mm. performing under stress? Honestly, I do actually. I didn't know, I didn't know about that. I don't, I didn't know this about myself. I never, I never did. But then again, I think at you. Still, that's unfair. When you are such a gifted person <laughs> that you have so many amazing skills you, inherently you. in your personality you. that you discover that you have, that's so unfair. I'll be honest, and this is going to sound very weird for the, for the viewers. Okay. You know what's my little tactic that I did with the Kipik talk that hmm. made me actually what? build a very great ice? And you're going to be shocked in this. I actually slept on it. What do you mean you slept on it? I slept on it. I So I'll tell you what happened. I didn't sleep. What do you I mean slept on it. I swear to God. So basically what happened is that the moment I was given the talk, mm. uh, I decided on the talk mm. and I just went home. I was like, okay, I have a talk. Let me sleep on it. I slept on it for three days. The reason I slept on it for three days is because that's actually my way of dealing with stress. I wanted time for myself to, to literally be at peace with myself. I, you know when the coffee, you know when, it, when you make tea mm. and the tea brews itself for like five minutes? Yes, yes. I was making my sure that my brain That's is brewing the content. It's, I'm serious. It's like the, 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 the food is being cooked in my mouth. Yeah, yeah. The topic would slowly, I swear to God, I would think about it while I'm driving, while I'm, I'm going to work, while yeah. in, I'm in my breaks, um, in the shower, any, mm. any situation where I can mm. think about it, I'd be brewing the idea. Three days after, I'd be like, okay, I, I helped, I took the paper. Mm. I was like, okay, let me write my first my, my, yeah. mind map. I but I think, I think personally that that is dependent on the fact that you have an inner trust, mm. that you trust yourself yes. enough that you're going to come up with something amazing. Yes, I do trust myself. Yeah, that. that's a huge thing. I that's do something else completely. Trusting yourself is a skill or is it a gift or what is it exactly? What is trusting yourself? It's difficult, honestly. A lot of people don't. So difficult. A lot of people don't. I think the problem is a lot of people don't. A lot and, of people don't. And you know, I think, did I say in the talk, I said, I said a sentence that uh, you're, in psychology, they always talk about this fact that your mind knows no difference between an imagination and a reality. 
So a lot of people. So th- this is the this is the logic yeah. behind it. The logic is that if I was to sit at home, okay, be like be like, Hassan, you're the worst speaker on earth. Okay, Hassan, you are such a person that doesn't know how to talk to people. How yeah. can Hassan actually become a good a good speaker? If I say that. Because because you are okay you you are what you think okay so if you think that I am not a great person yeah well guess what you're gonna act like an, like not not a great person however if you think that that presentation yeah. that I gave will be the best presentation in the history of okay. mankind okay. Right? what happens is that your body is forced to make the to make the thoughts a reality but but what you're saying is so risky you It's, know that right why? because as a person who lives through these situations yeah. and lives through these high stressful situations. I personally have to think of all the worst case scenarios yeah. in order to tackle them so that when they happen I'm ready that's my technical thinking 100% So I never I would never go and tell myself I'm going to do amazing I would never think of anything I don't think of the future mm. I think of right now in order to function that's oh, my different way of coping But you want to have a vision though I, I mean you want to have a vision of 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 potentially where you'd be I would never So okay so this is this is a funny thing so basically so you know how I told you the TEDx experience yeah so what the, what happens is that before the talk I had a vision of myself giving the best talk ever ah right? so that's what you mean like like a general vision without all the details yeah but it didn't happen so th- that's what happened but then I think what, what do you mean it didn't happen okay so you're so awesome right now no 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 but that's the thing so this is what people don't understand sometimes the Tell reason me. I try to give my best right now is as a, is the result of uh, of a mess up I actually had in my in my history so basically I messed up I messed up my biggest talk. The biggest opportunity I had in my life is a TEDx talk, and it's not easy to get a TEDx talk. Yeah, I messed it up, and it wasn't in my control. So what happened is that I got the talk after the three hours, impressive and so on. Yeah, and I practiced for straight, almost. I I think I rehearsed that talk maybe 80 times, maybe okay. maybe 80 to 100 times, no jokes, okay. Okay. which you should never do because you become a robot. So anyway, I memorized that talk. I had a paper with word by word. I went to the presentation. Hassan, come to the podium. You're going on stage. Start presenting. Mm-hmm. Minute three, after minute three, I realized that the presentation was breaking. So people sitting in front of me were actually seeing the points that were ahead of what I'm saying. Oh. So, for example, let me say, oh, so let's just say, I assume I'm, I'm talking about point one and two. Yeah. They were seeing point five. So what happens? My my eyes and my mind uh, basically got oh. clashed yeah, up, yeah. and I didn't know what to say. But I had, I remember. How did you handle that? Now that's what taught me how to handle stress because okay. that situation is this. I had 300 people. Watching me live. 300 people watching you. I had two cameras, and my parents were watching me live, and my teachers were watching from school. So I had so many people to make progress. Right? Yeah. And now for 10 seconds, I was like, should I stop talking because I'm really messing this up, or should I just continue? Honestly, I decided to continue. I continued talking, and I remember, I remember the talk was supposed to be 16 minutes. I did it in 12 because I was so fast. Okay. And I remember going down from stage. I didn't tell myself. Uh, oh, you're a very bad speaker, or mm. and you don't know how to speak, or whatever. You know, I actually told myself the day will come mm-hmm. that I'm gonna prove myself wrong. That's what I said. I, I I was like, the day will come, and I think the best thing that actually happened I to really me. I really like that. The best thing that happened to me, and yeah. I swear to God, Latifa, no jokes. The best thing that happened to me, in is that that the TED talk didn't actually go well. Because if the TED talk had gone well, <clears throat> had gone well, I would have been a 23, 22 year old guy that went out of went down stage. Did an amazing job on a TED talk. His ego would have been filled, and I would have thought I'm the best speaker on earth. Maybe. However, but the opposite happened. Hmm. What happened is that I didn't do well. So Hassan that went down stage is always chasing the better version of himself because he can always do better than that talk. Yes. So that kipik here, yes. my benchmark was to. I was thinking of that talk. I was like, I cannot wait. I got I got to that point where I would watch my kipik talk in muted in mute. 
I'd only watch, am I moving slow enough better than that kid? That's yeah. And that's, the, that's what I, how I measure progress. Mm. And I measure it always based on that benchmark. But it's because of that mess up that actually I'm, I think I'm sitting here today. That's such a unique way of thinking. That's I don't know. So I think unique. about it. Thank no, you. No, personally, that's such a unique way of thinking. It. So for today, I actually prepared a couple of things because from your perspective, yeah. I really, really wanted to grasp all the information that yeah, you please can go give ahead. me. Right. So one of the first things that I want to ask you about is something I've already touched base on yeah. is stress. Yeah. Okay. So as you know, we work in a refinery and almost all our listeners today are going to be from the refinery. Mm. So in a refinery, we generally um, have equipment and we run this equipment. And this equipment, if, it, if there's any downtime, if this equipment is not operating at any time, yeah. um, it's our responsibility to bring it back life. Okay? okay. So I'm just going to tell you a little bit of a scenario. So basically, we have something called a shutdown. We shut down this equipment okay. and it's generally planned by the planner, which is my position. Mm. Okay. So... I plan this job from mm-hmm. the beginning to the start, from the maintenance, from the people, from the resources, whatever you need, okay. okay? And I shut this down, okay? And I shut this equipment down, and for the next, for example, 30 days, maintenance days, whatever, mm-hmm. the next 30 days, this equipment is under my responsibility, as long with, well, along with all the mem- members in my group, yeah. okay? And other groups at the same time. I'm so stressed about mm. making sure that I take this equipment back live mm. safely because when you're maintaining something, basically if you take your phone and you break it into pieces and then you put it back together, how worried are you that one line will not be in the same place again? 100%. That's what I'm trying to say. So this amount of stress we take home and I say this and I'm sure all my colleagues say <laughs> this, you know how many times I've dreamt of my equipment being plugged or, or something wrong with oh them and sleep and then I'd wake up Worried, so worried that on that day something is going to happen to my equipment. And I know that I have to finish it within 30 days. If I do not finish it within 30 days, do you know what I mean? Mm. And this stress itself, I take home. The question is, how do you deal with it before I say my my way? I don't. I suffer it day by day. So do you you suppress it? I just continue. I eat at the same time. I think that's, yeah, that, that, that could be unhealthy. Stress eating is very unhealthy. That I could be un- no, before, I, eat, I don't mind. I'm only eating. I eat as well. But like, I think not not doing anything about it is, is unhealthy. Because there's nothing I can do. I don't have time. Do you know what I mean? I don't have time to think about it. I need to go. And if, if this day finishes, I need to go home and prepare for the next day. So that when I can come, there is a 5% chance of yeah. me going a little bit home earlier that day. But, 5% what, what, chance. But, say, but what about, what about, what about uh, sparing five minutes to... Um, make a nice meal that basically makes you think of nothing what about the five minutes of reading what are five minutes in the Can't elevator read, with your that? mind is too busy thinking of so I'll, I'll tell you i'll tell you my way i'll tell you tell one, one, of, one of the ways that it's not it's not my way is not rocket science by the way i think everyone has a way and my okay. way is actually to uh it's gonna sound a bit crazy i yeah. actually i remember this moment i was very stressed very okay. very stressed okay i uh put my gym clothes on i didn't go to the gym i actually went to the basketball court and i'm not a great basketball player okay. i just wanted to do something and I just wanted to leave the house. Yeah. I left the house. And L- I was, sorry, let me, let, me, let me break yeah. it for you a little bit yeah. more. You don't have energy. I don't have energy. Okay, no, fair. Even I'll, if you don't have energy, um, what you know do? what? I would, this is, okay. so, you know what? I don't, I didn't go to the basketball court. I was in my room. Okay. Because I do this quite often. Okay. I speak to myself. I, I remember last time I, uh, okay, this is going to sound very childish. Have you ever seen Iron Man? Yeah, of okay. course. So you know when Iron Man uh, looks around him and he sees the world expanding of lasers and he pick things up yeah, from this? Yeah. Okay, so this is what I did. Okay, this is gonna, this is the first time I said it on camera. So I was in my on my bed, okay? okay. And I was like, okay, I said, mm-hmm. you have a lot on your plate. Okay, yes. a lot on your plate. How do you deal with it? I close my eyes. 
I was like, what do you have to do? I have to deal with it. And then I imagine myself <laughs> spreading big okay. circles around okay. my environment. Okay, And okay. each circle is stressful by its size. So, for example, I would be like, okay, keep it talk, big circle. <laughs> and then, and then uh, work, huge circle. Mm. Um, podcast, small circle. And I would be like talking to myself out loud. Like literally, I would be like, okay, Hassan, what do you have to do? You have Kipik Talk. Okay, what do you have in the Kipik Talk? Well, you have to prepare the structure and you have to share it with the team before tomorrow. Is that manageable? Of course it's manageable. Okay, done. I put it on the side. Okay, what about uh, the agency? Well, the agency, I have to recruit people. What's the mm-hmm. process? I have to send emails. Mm-hmm. Simple. I think when I, break it, when I broke it down yeah. to the simplest forms, I was able to realize that, hey, actually, I have a lot to do. The big image sounds big. Kipik Talk is big. But Kipik Talk that I have to send just one presentation by 7 p.m. is not a big thing. Mm-hmm. But the talk is big. So the first thing I do is talk to myself. Yeah. The second thing I do is I journal. Mm. I don't journal daily or weekly. I journal okay. monthly. I have a book. Mm. I basically let everything out. If anyone reads that book, it's going to be screaming on your face. You know, it's just screaming. Yeah. Just, I write it. However, mm. that's my way. Hassan's way is to go okay. in public or talk to himself. Okay. Some people relax by talking to their partners. Yeah. Some people relax by talking to friends. I don't usually, I kind of do, but sometimes I prefer talking to myself. Um, And some people read books. Yeah. But if you don't know any of that, if you don't know what it is that de-stresses you, what about the little moments that we actually killed on our day? For example, when you're in an elevator, what do most people do in an elevator? Check out the mirror. Check out their phones as well. Because they don't want to feel awkward, right? Um, And I think... Well, for example, if you if you're in a wait if you if you have a meeting yeah. and you're in the waiting room, what do yeah. you do? You check up your phone. I think what's happening is that if you replace all the little tiny they call them mundane moments, yeah, moments of boring, nothing, doing nothing. Mm. I know you don't have much time in your day, but if you actually look at these mundane moments, try to replace them with moments for yourself. So what all the thought process that you just mentioned mm. is very useful for me, and I'll tell you a couple of things that I have implemented to try and mm. elevate the stress. And they are only successful temporarily. They're never successful on the long term. And yeah. hence, when I'm t- when you're telling me what do you do to implement, I've told you nothing because nothing that I've implemented is permanent mm. for stress. So one of the very first things I do is I call my kids. Nice. I call them for two minutes. I just talk to them, That's ask nice. about them. Next. Another thing that I do, there is a book called... Um, I don't remember the name right now, but mm. it's a daily quote about handling stress in life. Nice. Okay. So I'll read this quote and I'd put the date that I read this quote on. And I have a firm belief that, because I don't choose the same page. I open a random page in the book every mm-hmm. day. And I, and, I, and I believe that this quote is going to affect my day. Yeah. And sometimes it touches me, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's random. There's something else that I've done. But the last thing, but not least, is plan. The only way to, to I love to plan everything in my life. So that's the only thing I can do. But the, the what I'm trying to tell you is that your advice that you're telling me, you're suggesting that I implement it during execution. Do you know the what I mean? The little moments, yes. Within the stressful yeah, the moments. moments? Yes, the little moments, 100%. I'm, I do that at work. Mm-hmm. I actually do that at work. You know, I'm, I'm at work. Sometimes I'm in the office. I have like 10 minutes for myself. I said I really do nothing. I actually do nothing. I literally do nothing. In fact, sometimes what I do is that uh, I was having this last night, by the way. So last mm-hmm. night I was on my computer mm-hmm. at home. Okay. And I'm getting this because I have, I'm, I'm used to being active. Okay. With a lot of things. And now I put things on hold because I'm taking care of my mental health. And it's stressing me out that I don't have much to do. So I'm at night sitting. I'm like, what? I don't watch any shows. I don't watch anything. And I'm like, I need to do something. I, so I'm stressing about not stressing. Okay. 
Imagine okay. how weird. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm literally yes. stressing about not stressing. Yes. I'm like, why am I not stressed about something big? Yeah. And so uh, what I do is that I would actually start writing down what I have and I put them in a table category. Yeah. Podcast, TV, uh, agency, and education. Yeah. These are the four things in my life right now. Mm. And under each, I would put the things I want to achieve. Yeah. But then it has to be realistic. You know the smart objectives? It's like, yes. there's no point of doing anything if it's not We call them KPIs, but sure. KPI. I mean, yeah, just be specific, measurable, achievable. Oh you know, my God, you're so cool right now. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, be, as, I think the cool one is realistic, you know? Okay. Everyone wants to be the next Everybody. Gets, Everybody. Like, be yeah. realistic about it. Yeah. Um, I really hope the listeners take in the advice that you're no, saying because, you so because what you're saying is very risky for me at the same time. Mm-hmm. All that you're saying mm-hmm. today is very risky from my perspective. Worth a try. Worth a try. It, it's not just worth a try. We need to try it yeah, because yeah. we're at a stage where I'm telling you, we're taking the stress home. Yeah. Taking the stress home is affecting so many things in our lives. Yeah. And this is what I mean by we need to fix that and change that. That is not okay. Absolutely. absolutely. So as you just said, maybe we'll take the small moments and maybe we'll take the things that we can do yeah. that we can change and we can implement and we should adjust it personally. Do, can, I, can I interrupt you with this one thing though? Of course. Just a little interruption. Yeah. Um, I think you guys are all in the same boat as well. Uh, I think it's, it's, it, I think Latifa should also, also think to herself that I'm not the only person in this boat. So if Latifa was uh, with her peers that yeah. are also engineers in yeah. the same field, it, yes. I'm sure you're not the only planner in, in Quebec. Nope. So, so I think it's good to be in a situation, be like, hey, listen, let's... You know what you went through last month, I'm going through this yeah, month? Yeah, <laughs> because it makes you... You know what? You know yeah. how because they say this? Because I used to have a lot of anxiety yes. attacks for certain different reasons. And it's very, it's very normal to feel, oh, I'm alone in this world with this. But if you actually go on Google and Facebook and Instagram, realize that, hey, listen, there's a huge community that actually thinks in the exact same way as you do. You're like, oh, it's actually normal. So your interruption actually brings me to the next point. Nice, lovely. Yes, so my next point is going to be about support system. So today morning I'm talking with my colleague, Mm. um, whom you've met, but anyway, it's okay. So I'm talking to him about something called the support system. And we identify the support system as two different categories. The first category of support system is your personal category yeah but then in order for work to be executed in the right way you will need a support system within your work life Mm. and at the same time you'll need it to function you need to continue to find the motivation to come to work okay so there are two different support systems yeah so i want to ask your perspective um the support system from our homes okay what is the most critical factor in the support system coming Mm. from home Mm. so i think support systems is honestly one of the most um impactful things in my life because um, I have a very strong support system and I'm very privileged and lucky to have it honestly uh, I'm so thankful that I have it and uh, yeah. the biggest support system that I have had is actually my own family um, which I again I'm lucky to have so my brother and my dad they come especially my dad he's very entrepreneurial and everything he would literally feed me quotes every single day he would he tell me quotes about life about friendships about the value of Energy, but the fa- and value you, of energy. He's a school dropout. He's a school. Dro- he's a school. No dro- way. I swear, school dropout. I swear to God, he would. Ever since I was young, my dad would tell me this quote, and uh, my favorite quote. I I want to put it on my, on my wall and um, take it with a pinch of salt, as they say. So he's like, befriend the rich, and you'll be richer. Befriend the poor, and you'll be poorer. So when people listen to that quote, they're always like, oh, your dad is very arrogant. He thinks about money. He thinks money is everything. But then my dad's like, listen, and this is what the problem, people never listen to the next point, is that don't be friends just with the people that are rich with money and be rich with, be friends with people that are rich in mindset. And this quote, I swear to God, he's been telling me this quote ever since maybe I was 15 or 14 or 13. Yeah. And he kept saying it every single year and he said yeah. it every month to me. 
almost every time we sit because yeah. he wants me he makes sure that the reason he was able to grow in life is by befriending the people that are rich in mindset and because he was t- able to take from them that's so cool the other day yeah. this is this is true true love attraction yeah the other day i'm discussing with my friend the exact same thing yeah. what is our definition of rich And I agree completely with your dad. Yeah, yeah. The definition of rich is not money. It's not. It is rich with knowledge, 100%. education, 100%. Taqatha, information. Do you know what I mean? Be, These be, things. Be knowledgeable. Be knowledgeable. Absolutely. And talk, have, have a proper, have a, have a conversation. And I think being rich also is being able to have a conversation. Being rich is being able to listen. Being yeah. rich is being able to have a proper conversation where you're not giving a speech very to someone. Very important. Very important. Being able to manage your tone, tone of voice is, 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 is being rich. Uh, yeah. These are little things that people don't. You know how they say they, they say that uh, you're so poor, all you have is money. I mean, yeah. so if yeah, uh, so I mean, that took me a second. Uh, Everything in this discussion is taking me a second. <laughs> you have very different perspective. No, no, no. I mean, yeah, no, no, yeah. Honestly, if you think if you want to think about it that way, but support systems, I really, really urge that it's very, very, very important at home. They don't necessarily even need to be family. I think. No, they don't. They I don't. have my friends. My friends uh, and my colleagues are yeah. very, very. You know what I do at work? I sometimes. I sat on my team the other day and I was like, listen, I was like, just because uh, I sit in a, in a, and we sit in a hierarchy where I get to give you feedback doesn't make me better than you. In fact, I need That's you. That's so important. No, I, I literally mm-hmm. told them, I was like, listen, we're going to do a feedback loop. Yeah. And I want you to give me feedback before I give a feedback. I want, I literally told them, I was like, I want you to mentor me the same way I mentor you. Because just because I'm up in the hierarchy doesn't mean I am uh, I'm flawless. Yeah. No, but I need that. I am your support system. You're mine as well. That's a very, how do I get it? I, I had very to, courageous. I had to do very it. Courageous. And I sat down with my teammate, with my team Wouldn't leader. Wouldn't you have selected people? You know what I mean? Personally, if I was in your position, I would not say that to everybody. I would select people that will give me valuable enough feedback. Of course. And that's where I would get Constructive criticism. Yeah, I will, I will only take this from them. However, not everybody else's perspective would be taken no, 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 into everyone. consideration. Not everyone. Constructive yeah. criticism. Yeah. And you'll be able to spot right away. Yeah. People that want to criticize you will make it clear. People that want you to, to grow will give yeah. you a problem and a solution. Yeah. And I think this has got to be very clear. And, yep, um, it does. And so that's that's what I did. And so I so in, at work I have my surround system over there. Yeah. In daily life I have, do you know the, the I, I love quotes. I know I'm saying a lot of quotes. Do you know the quote like that says like a friend to all is a friend to none. So uh, someone that's that's friends. Yes. And I was that person. Mm. Back at uni I was on campus. I was like make me meet every single human I want to meet them today. I was just on a roll. I was a social butterfly. Mm. I still am very social. However, I think now I value more. You furnished it. Quality over quantity. Yeah, that's what I mean. So now I have a surround system, um, a support system that's a few people yeah. that I really value in my life. Yeah, but and I would be very friendly with everyone, but it's mm. not like I, I mean I'll just have a few people around me, mm. and they're the people I trust most, and yeah. I hang out with every day. Uh, mm. I'll see other friends, but not every day. Um, so it's about where you put your energy. Yeah, and if you have so much on your plates, you really have to choose them very well. Mm. As they say in Lebanese, literally, like, uh, you have to choose them, handpick them. Uh, mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're going to suck your energy. They, they will. will su- they will That's suck so your energy. That's so true. That's so true. So basically, you, what you're saying, it is very important to have a support system. Let's say people that don't have a support system, how yeah. do you create a support system for yourself? Oh, difficult. I think just be, so I, I, I didn't have it when I first came to Kuwait. Yeah. Uh, this is going to sound very entrepreneurial, but like when I came to Kuwait, I didn't find a community of people that supports me. Ooh. I didn't find anyone that was was like oh. Even saying, though Kuwait is a very small country, uh, it's very small. But I I don't think I was going to the right places. So this is the thing: people don't. Okay, people always say that Kuwait doesn't have many much uh, communities or to offer and all that. No, no. In fact, there are, but you're not looking in the right direction. Huh. So what I did, I was like, 
I don't have any any communities to join, societies and so on. I was like, well, if there aren't, if there aren't any, why not create one? So yeah. I created the community. But there are not any creators. Yeah, well, create so your own support if, if you can't find them, create yeah. it. It doesn't take anything. Literally, an Instagram post is all, t- all, t- all it takes. I was, at that point, I launched a public speaking workshop. I, s- I sat down with my uh, my best friend today. Mm. I was like, listen, I want to launch a public speaking workshop. He, he asked me the questions. He's like, have you read the books? I was like, no. He's like, do you have a certification? I was like, of course not. He's like, are you an expert in public speaking? I was like, of course not. He's like, well, what makes you uh, uh, credible to speak? Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I'm starting mm-hmm. a workshop. I don't care. The same way, okay, the same thing I did with the Kipper talk. Like, what, what mm-hmm. makes me equipped? What makes a 26, a 27 year old person equipped to speak in front of 300 yeah. people? What, yeah. what makes him? I don't have a certification. I am not a coach. I really am not. I just have experiences. So it's like, but when the moment you're on stage, the moment you're in the experience, prove to people that you don't need you know, one. You do know, though, in this field that we're working in, the most valuable thing you can have in the oil field is your experience. Of course. Do you know what I mean? Of course. So when you say experience to us, you're actually telling us the best thing you can tell experience us. Experience is, is king. Yeah. It's, it is the most important key. 100%. You know what I mean? Like when we have people of experience in this field, we grab onto them tooth and nail. Yeah. We don't let them go. We don't Absolutely. let them go. So for me, when you say experiences, you're actually pushing I'm yourself glad. up so I'm high glad. that you can't believe I, it. I had to do it that way. So yeah. that's when I started, I pushed myself into creating a community. I, mm. I brought in the people that think like me. We started being friends, and from there, that's how I, I got inspired to start a podcast. Yeah. Um, and I, but I think honestly, this is gonna okay. This is gonna sound very deep, but like honestly, I respect if you don't have much of a, uh, for a support system around you. But like the least you could do, the least you could do, if you don't feel like people are looking at you and be like, hey, listen, bravo, or like uh, clapping for you, the least you could do is look in, into the mirror and and clap for yourself. Clap for yourself. People don't do that. People are like, oh, that's that's also risky. Yeah. You, you have to be connected with yourself. I think like the one key true key to your personality that I've discovered today is your trust within yourself. Yeah. This is something very, very big that you have. And yeah. inshallah, it is something that is inherently in you. Some I'm people that don't have you, that, they need to reach that level. And I think really honestly, your next podcast should be about how do you develop your self-trust? Thank and you. I'm going to be listening to that. <laughs> yeah. I will. So the next thing is like, okay, fine. I've developed my support system at yeah. home. Now my support system at work. Yeah. So the thing is with the support system at work, because there is people that you want to work with and there are people that you don't yeah. want to work with. Yeah. And there are people that don't agree with you and don't work with you and people that want to work with you. Yeah. How do you transform these relationships in order to, to make sure that you do your job in an excellent way? Oh, a tough one. I, I Sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes you don't have a choice but to but deal people, with people. But the thing is, in the oil field here, especially for us, yeah. we will always have a choice. You will? You will always have a choice. So you, you have to do the job. You have to do the job. Yeah. But on what level would you do the job? No, but like for example, let's assume there's a pool of people and you know that you're not good with half of them. Yeah. You have the choice of not working with them? No, that's not what I meant. Ah, okay, okay. That's not what I meant. As in people have to work together. Yeah. And people must work together. Exactly. But the thing is, your option is how well would you work with the other person? Ah, okay, fair. I think my yeah. style is that, listen, at work, I don't get along with everyone. I really don't. Yeah. So what do you do? Um, EQ. So emotional intelligence. I think, hey. I think, so I think what happens there is that, I mean, I depend more on, listen, how can I say this? this the, the one thing I do at, at my job yeah. is that I try to be emotionally smart with people where I would... There are a lot of people that approach me with a lot of anger, a lot of energy, a lot of negative energy. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's easy, it's easy to fight fire with fire. Yeah. Or just, you know, just ask the right mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. And I think the simple questions of uh, why are you feeling that way? Or okay. um, what is it that's bothering you? Or uh, how are you today? You know, just out of, out of work. So 
then I have a question. Yeah. Do you leave the studies on the side and yeah, the statistical yeah, yeah. information and the fact that probably yeah. medicine says something else? But do you actually truly believe that you can develop your emotional intelligence? Yeah. Can you develop of emotional you intelligence? Can. Really? You believe that? I, I really, I, I think so. You can manufacture it or actually develop I, I, it? I don't know much of the thing. Is I'm not an expert in this field, but what mm. I know is that when I was in school, I wasn't this emotionally smart with, with my people. With my, with, mm. with people. But, but you have instincts. But you know so I mean? emotional intelligence is all about understanding yourself and ha- being able to deal, with it, to deal yeah. with it and being able to understand people and being able to deal with them and being yeah. able to put yourself in their shoes as well. So this doesn't come just... Say that again. So I think it's yeah. so yourself and people. It's being yeah. able to understand yourself yes. and know how you're feeling okay. and be able to so deal with it. So know myself is the first thing. 100% Next. and deal with it. That kind of thing. Then deal understand people. Okay. Know how they're feeling. Yeah. And be able to deal with it. So I think... I think and I th- then put your, that's what you meant by put yourself in yes. their shoes. Okay. Put, putting yourself in, in their shoes. And I, I don't think you're just suddenly born as like, oh, I suddenly can put myself in everyone's situation. For sure, for sure. I think you have to deal... You have to... You have to be... Exposed a lot. You have to expose you. You, okay. have to, you really have to be exposed a lot to be able to. And hence your vibe of wanting to meet more and more people. Absolutely. I'm. Okay. I'm a very. As I, t- I tell people, I tell everyone, I'm an open book. There's one thing I do that uh, I. I didn't create it. I watch watched mm. it. This is the added value of TikTok sometimes. Mm. So I was watching this guy. His name is Simon Sinek, and he's very smart with what he with what he yeah. says. He has business books and so on. And he said something, he's like, when, when an employee is late in the morning, it's very easy for us to be like, hey, where are you? It's 9 a.m., you're not in the office, and so on. Mm. Uh, 7 a.m. for you, but like, yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, yeah, around 6, we wake up. Sometimes. Yes, mashallah. Um, and you know what? He's like, he's like, shift the approach. He's like, when someone is late, don't go fight them. Ask them one question. Be like, hey, are you okay? So I do that now. I swear to God, I do it every every time. Shift the approach. Shift the approach. So like, how simple? I'm, I literally, my teammate is sometimes late and I look, I send him a WhatsApp. I'm like, hey, listen, uh, Sarah, um, are you okay? And mm-hmm. she's like, I, and then she, she answers with, uh, yeah, sorry, I overslept. I'm coming now. So she's now honest. Mm-hmm. However, let's take scenario B. Uh, sorry, you're very late to the office. This is unacceptable. Finance is going to deal with you and they're going to take the cut from your salary. What is she going to say? Yeah. She's gonna be like, um, flat tire. I ha- flat tire, accident, doctor. Yeah. Anything. Anything. And she will probably she will do whatever it takes to retaliate, fight yes. back. Sure. But the moment you like uh, call them to the office, that's what I sometimes do. I'm like, hey, listen, uh, like, what do you need? Mm. I'm like, nothing. They're like, no, what do you need? I'm like, no, seriously, how are you? What's what's mm. up? And then we have a human to human conversation. Mm. We connect. Ready. And, uh, that's what I do sometimes. Human connections, emotional intelligence. Yes. I think like these things, these terminologies are so critical. They are. It's basically driving us towards something that I think is has no exposure yeah. in Kuwait in general or in the oil field. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Maybe my surroundings are as limited as not as my surroundings are more limited than others. Yeah. And it all takes us to one thing: mental health and the way that we Absolutely. are understanding things mentally and developing. Absolutely. And being aware of what's going on and what's around us. But you said it, by the way, before, the difference between IQ and EQ as yeah. well. People, let people understand that. Please yeah. differentiate. Like, I yeah. respect how smart you are. And yeah. I love the fact that you know all the, all the facts yeah. and knowledge. Yeah. But like also build on your social skills at the same time. This is very important, especially right now in the oil field. For example, they're, they're accepting new batches of engineers as we go. Mm. And these new batches of engineers are heavily uh, focused on their examination skills and okay. their technical skills. Mm. And only a little bit around their, their basically emotional intelligence or their social skills and the way yeah. they speak and they talk and I think this is going to really really affect the oil field in the future like you'd have a supreme organization 
but you would not have uh, an open workspace, you would not have a, a, a lateral organization, yeah. you would not have all this kind of interconnectivity within your workplace. Absolutely. You'd have a lot of stress because there's no people, there's no, no communication. 100%. Do you know what I mean? This is what we're going with. But I think this all takes us back to the fact that we need to raise mental health awareness within our communities. Yeah. And I think personally, I have not really reached or discussed that much about this topic with a lot of people. Yeah. So basically, when you're saying right now, you are so highly developed that within yourself, you've assessed your mental health yeah. and you've seen what you needed to improve. Yeah. And you're working on that. That is something very, very amazing. And if you could give us advice generally on how to at least go a little bit close to where you are course, right now in mental health, it would be awesome. Uh, m- mental health for me has been something that came, because I, I studied psychology, so mm-hmm. like it really, psychology opened up, my, opened up my mind to the horizon and the world of mental health. I never yeah. knew what they were. And then I was like, wow, these are very, very interesting. And then, I don't know, I just fell in love with the, the fact of self-awareness, understanding myself, and with time, Self-awareness, what does that mean? But being honestly aware of your own energy and what makes you comfortable. Being aware of your own energy. I, self-awareness for me, it came through therapy, by the way. So I did a few. I did therapy for a while. And the therapy, the problem with us in, yeah. in this culture is that yes. we act on crisis. Oh so we, God, we wait yes. for crisis to act. I think everyone should see a therapist. Act on crisis, that's so true. That is that goes that goes against everything I've studied as an engineer. Do you know that? Really? Yeah, because they teach you. You were We all began as reactive. And right now we've reached something called predictive, where we can predict the future. One hundred percent, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. And um, people in the mental health world, they wait for an anxiety attack, which I did, to go to see a therapist. They wait for a panic which attack. Which I did. To see a therapist. <laughs> there we go. So a lot of people wait for a crisis to act, and I think I did that. Uh, I got uh, my anxiety attack about a year and a half ago. Yeah. I just got it randomly. I went mm-hmm. to a therapist right away. No shame. No shame. I have zero shame in it. I went to the therapist. Yeah. I was like, "Listen, I got an anxiety attack," and I actually started having. Um, she was uh, over, over, yeah. over, over camera. And I remember she told me this one sentence. I mm. was like, um, "This is like life changing moments." I swear to God, with her. Okay. She was like, "Tell me about your day." It was a Friday morning. Okay. I was like, my parents weren't in the country. I was home alone. I was like, well, I actually did nothing today. I woke up very lazy. I went, uh, I went up. I took a shower. I cleaned a yeah. little bit of the place because my parents yeah. are not here. I made my breakfast, mm. I ate my breakfast, and now I'm mm. talking to you. Mm. Very unproductive day, honestly. And she laughs, and she pauses. Okay. I was like, what's wrong? She was like, it's funny how you think waking up, showering, cleaning the house, making breakfast, eating breakfast, and now talking to your therapist, it's only 10 a.m. in the morning, it's very unproductive. Yeah, that's very productive. No, I don't know how you say I, that. I went quiet, and I was like, thank you so much. And then that's moment number one. I swear to God, I swear to God, I just felt, I went quiet, and I was like, thank you so much. Because I remember that moment every time I, because only after that moment did I differentiate between being productive and being busy. Because I always wanted to just being feel productive busy. and being busy. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted to feel busy. Oh, I'm doing things. I don't. I don't want to watch a series episode because it's a waste of time. Uh, you know, it's killing my time watching anything right now. And so I would, let me read a book. I just, I wasn't taking in the book. I was just mm-hmm. pretending to be busy. So um, scenario number two is when she was asking me about my my life and what I do and so on. And I was talking and talking and talking and talking. And she was like, stop talking. I was like, what's wrong? She was like, I'm exhausted, aren't you? I was like, I really am. Yeah. And she was like, Sen, you're 27. Live as a 27. You're living as you're 56. Come on. She was like, live as you're 27. And that moment, I was like, honestly, thank you again. And what happened to these scenarios when I was, because you need sometimes to seek professional help, not because you anything is wrong with you. Nothing yeah. was wrong with me. Mm. But Sometimes talking to someone mm. that will actually not give you subjective opinion is very important. Mm. You just want a different feedback. People people listen to reply nowadays. 
Yeah. So I don't listen because I want to listen. I listen because Latifa is telling me about an issue and then I'm going to hold one word from what you said and I'm only going to you know, nod my head up until I reply to you to prove my point. But I'm not actually listening to you. Yeah. A lot of people do that. They listen to reply. Mm. But they don't listen to listen. Mm. However, when you talk to professional people, professional help, yeah. they listen because that's their job to listen. They don't actually yeah. tell you the solution. They're like, oh, really? So you had this... Tell me more about it. And then a few sessions later, you're like, you're like realizing, hey, wait a second. I've never thought this in depth about myself. I know my energy. I know my, my values. I know what scares me. I know what, uh, what my vulnerabilities are. And now you're very strong. Because mm-hmm. now you know yourself. You're literally very strong. Yeah. Because you approach, approach life with an open heart again. And you know exactly uh, yeah. your vulnerabilities and you take them, make them your strengths and not your weaknesses. That is not an easy thing to say. It's not easy. That is not an easy it's thing. Easy. Everything that you're saying, especially for people with the work life that we have and the style of life that we have yeah. and our community and the way we're raised and the way we believe things. But yeah. I think يعني, the, one, the best critical factor is having a trust and believing in yourself, as you said, knowing your value. But one thing I don't agree with your psychologist is, <laughs> as usual, yeah, it's fine. is that um, how, because in this day and age, the every market is so competitive. Yeah. Every market is so rich. If I don't perform with that high of um, basically efficiency yeah. as a 56-year-old, as you said, yeah. how can I produce? How can I succeed? How can I ensure my future, my kids' future, Fair. my entire life? How? I mean, that's a million dollar question, I guess. But I mean, then again, there's a big difference between living to work or working to live. I think it's just that yeah. what, what what would you make a choice to do? Like, I think I was definitely living to work. I was when I first came, I think that's a Persian comment. Do you know what it? I mean? I As in, yeah. when you go in Paris, it's always the opposite. So, honestly, when I came, so I work at the advertising agency as a family yeah. business. So uh, people don't know. We never talk about it that way because it's a family business. So we own it. So yeah. when you are a family business, the expectation that you have on yourself is literally... Beyond beyond reality, all right? Yeah. When I first moved from the UK, I was 23, 22. Yeah. I moved here and my I was supposed to manage a business of mm-hmm. 25, 30 people. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I can't I can barely manage myself. And at that moment where I would go home every night at 10, 11 p.m. Not because I was working, mm-hmm. because I was sitting at in the office from 10, from 6 until 10, mm-hmm. staring at my laptop. Because I would feel productive from staring at my laptop. And it took me because I'd feel like I'm doing something because I'd feel like I'm, you know, if I go yeah. back home late, my dad would think I'm working, you know, it's a family business. Yeah. So then I learned it the hard way. I was like, no, no, no. I was like, wake up. But that's when I had to really look at myself in the mirror and be like, listen, yeah. there's a big difference between being productive and being busy. You need some time for yourself. That's only, only you're only human. Yeah. I respect you in a hustle in life. Yes. <laughs> but, but people don't know this about me sometimes. Mm. Sometimes I get messages on Instagram. They're like. Uh, do you ever relax? What they don't know is that I'm on the beach every day, uh, playing, going to the gym, and like chilling and relaxing. Rashat is zor. I just say we're in I record like I record once. Honestly, I, I try to balance my time very effectively so that I am at work. Uh, I'm, I'm sometimes watching a movie. I, I record an episode. Like today, I'm feeling like recording an episode. I might actually record it when I go record on tonight. Having this different uh, perspective mm. and the fact that you. work differently and function differently mm. is is a, is like a privilege and I'm not sure we Thank can you. have that privilege but it's a nice perspective nice to hear about it it's nice to know that there is another way there's not only the high stressful situation that we're living in and it's nice to know that even though you're very young and you're very accomplished and the one thing that you've worked on the most from my understanding is valuing yourself yeah. and where you're gonna go and where you're gonna reach 
and the fact that you want to reward your family for all that they've given you. 100%. And all this combined together makes you the amazing person that you Thank are you today. And and to me, that's that's such a pleasure knowing. You know what mm. I mean? It's a pleasure knowing people like that with the work ethic, with the attitude, with everything. So I just want to thank you so much Lots for coming today. Honestly. And I hope that you had fun. That's with beautiful. Us today. Well, that's beautiful. Really? I hope you had fun. Is there anything you want to say to the audience before mm. we? I think just the, the, the one thing that because I, I always like to go back to the basics as usual because yeah. I don't yeah. people want people to think I because I hope my own my separate podcast I have uh, the reason I made it is because I just. People always watch these YouTube videos about you know these successful people, but then yeah. you, you close the video and you're like you sleep and you're like oh okay this is uh, you know Steve Jobs he's too successful I can't get there. Yeah. But when you like when you actually break down stories to the simplest form of how can you actually start climbing up the ladder you'd realize that's actually simpler than you think. And my one advice that really helped me a lot, which I said already before, expose yourself and expose yourself to opportunities. Don't, don't I understand I completely understand and know. That it's absolutely weird and scary if someone approaches you right now and asks you to give a speech, a keynote talk in front of 200 people. But that was literally me. I'm 27. I have all of this experience and I still felt very scared when you guys spoke to me. People, but did I show it to you? No. I didn't. You really didn't but I really that. didn't. Nope. I, I sounded very confident. I was like, oh, of course, yeah, yeah, of course I'm going to change this. Yeah, you this did point. that. That was your of vibe. Co- because the reason I had to put that vibe on is because I was convincing myself that even though I don't, I don't have the experience for it. Yeah. I actually don't. Mm. I have many public speaking uh, experiences, but have I ever given a corporate uh, talk? No, I've never. But the point is that I completely understand that you feel that way, but that's actually normal. If you don't mm. feel that way, it's yeah. actually weird. Yeah. It's part of the game to feel distressed, stressed, and it's part of the game to feel weird because you're out of your comfort zone. But always remember that the moment you feel weird is the moment for you to keep going because that's your body telling you, stay as you are, you shouldn't change. Stay as you are. Mm. But that's when you fight and you're like, no, 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 no. It's not up to you, body. It's not up to you, uh, little, little yeah. brain. Yeah. I will expand uh, expand your, your zones. Uh, and you only do that once you're exposed. Yeah. And once you um, hug and embrace opportunities uh, with an open heart. Honestly, I think you will really yeah. open doors that you never ever imagined. And behind every door is 10 more doors yeah. uh, that can take you from... Uh, point A to point X that you never ever have ever imagined for you to yourself. So Hussain that was uh, a psychology, Hussain that was 10 years old never imagined to uh, travel to the UK. Hussain that traveled to the UK never imagined to graduate in psychology Mm. and that Hussain never imagined to be sitting in a podcast here. Okay. So it, and, and so it all came because of okay. this situation. So today, the one thing that I've learned the most is to approach things with an open heart. Yes, 100%. And it's very scary for me, but I'm going to take it. Well, I hope, you, I hope really you do. Hard well, I hope you do. Really I hope everyone does, honestly. And uh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming here today. I had so much fun. Likewise. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. See you in another episode.